You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday. Coming up 20 minutes from now, Brendan Tobin, host of Tapped Out, 5 to 7 Eastern Saturday on the BetQL Network. He's also on Mornings of Miami, 790 The Ticket. Looking forward to that. And right now, looking forward to this interview because we'll be joined right now on the Roman Guest Line by Will Brinson from CBS Sports Senior NFL Writer. As we get ready, Will, for week 14 in the NFL. Well, we'll start off with this, uh, see if you agree with um, our, our show this morning. We've, we've deemed this the loser goes home game tonight between Minnesota and Pittsburgh. The winner obviously still alive in this playoff race. The loser, we're, we're putting a bow on and ending their season. What do you think about that tonight? Uh, yeah, I would say, first of all, was that was the You Better You Bet com- commercial coming back to out of break? Was that I, was that me with Costas and Ken? Because I need some royalty action if we're talking about, <laughs> hey, I'm talking about, we're, we're talking about It I may mean, have been. Heard, it may have been. I heard, I heard somebody say, I'm giving my son his iPad. I mean, that checks out. So uh, it is sounded like me. <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, yeah, I'll, be, I'll check with the, uh, the, the Odyssey overlords about, about getting me a royalty check for that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, but I agree. I think it's a bit of a loser leaves town match, you know. And the, I mean, look, the Vikings are uh, like we need a we need a name for them because the you know the, the you can't be the cardiac Vikings. That doesn't work. Like we could do like the vestricular Vikings or vesticular Vikings. I don't know some sort of heart term uh, to describe them. It's what nine of twelve games have come down to the final play. Eleven of twelve have been uh, you know been a single score game. They're, the the line is such in this game that it's it's like it's it's been it opened my, Vikings minus three minus one twenty and it's just it just sat there like teetering on the on the the juice precipice all week as if it if it wants to move to three and a half but then everybody knows the second it goes to three and a half people are jumping all over the Steelers so it just seems like it's going to close as an expensive three I think I like the Vikings um, mainly because the sort of buy low. Uh, sell high situation with you know Minnesota having lost to the Lions, the Steelers put. I mean, really, you could see it in the Steelers' effort last week against the Ravens. I mean, that was not that it was their Super Bowl or anything, obviously, but that it, it meant a lot to them to win at home. It's four point dogs. Um, you know, Big Ben uh, was slinging it down the field. Deontay Johnson catches that ball. They, they, they went even bigger, and uh, Minnesota has you know been better at home. Mike Zimmer, traditionally a very good ATS uh, coach at home as well. They're getting a lot of defensive help back. Dalvin Cook, it looks like he's going to play. The the offensive lines are probably no Darisol, and, of course, they don't have Adam Thielen. But I think Minnesota can pull this one off. I, I, almost, I almost feel like it's just going to end up being a push. You know, like it's Vikings yep. win by three yep. um, on a last-second field goal when it's tied and everybody kisses their sister and goes home or something. Yeah, well – I, I think we're on the same page there. I, I think I like the Vikings minus three and a half, but do you really want to back Kirk Cousins in prime time? And Kirk Cousins no. length points go against Tomlin as an underdog. Uh, same thing with the total with me. I don't know about you, but I think I like the under, but now we're down to 43 and a hooks with a couple of defenses that have been lit up at times this season. I, I don't really love that. I, I think maybe there's some uh, more opportunities with props given these matchups and feeling out and you know Jefferson's going to get the volume and then you have guys like Osborne they don't have big numbers um Deontay Johnson's been on a roll Najee Najee Harris easy matchup for him maybe he gets back on track any specific players that you like tonight 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a donkey move, but Justin Jefferson, anything under 95 and a half, is prob- it's a pretty good bet. Like, that's an, it's a large number, but his usage is crazy. And even when he wasn't having big games, you know, the underlying usage, just in terms of his air yards and his target share, were always there. So with no Adam Thielen, I mean, I, I think you can – you know, pretty. I know Joe Hayden's gonna be out for the Steelers, so they're not gonna be yeah. able to. You know, I mean, the, 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 Justin Jefferson's gonna eat in this game. Like, I, I if he doesn't go over 100 yards, I'll be shocked. I, I got it at 90. Seven and a half, half catches is good, right? Seven and a half catches. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, and to your point about the over under, like I almost wonder if the move isn't to take the first half under because I can see these teams really. This is like every Vikings game over the past really two years, where it's like this slow. Slog of a game, you know. Mike Zimmer's pounding Cook and Madison into the line. The other, you know, the other team's yeah. not trying to ramp it up. The Vikings are playing, you know, decent defense, and all of a sudden it's the second half, and it's something. One weird play happens. It just, un, it's like it, it unlocks everything for both offenses. That's my fear about the the under, especially at forty three and a half. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, KJ Osborne is okay up to forty five yards. You would have, I mean, it was thirty four when it opened, which is just stupid. Um, that was that was that was a great spot to be in. He probably is in the forty, probably fifty fifty range in terms of projections of what he ends up with. And then um, I like Chase Claypool's over as well. Uh, fifty, I think it's like fifty one and a half. But yeah, I mean like Claypool. There's going to be just a lot of usage funnel to main guys, and I don't think you can mess around with Cooks and uh, or Cook and, and Madison. Although Cook coming back has bumped the first TD market back into where it should be, where you can get like Fryer Muth and um, Conklin at 13 or 15 to one or whatever they're at. Will, um, I'm curious your thoughts. Are you um, worried at all about Aaron Rodgers and his toe, or do you just assume, you know, the Packers are going to be able to keep rolling here? Yeah. I mean, I think long-term is probably an issue. And like, once you get to the play, like watching him limp off in the second half against the Rams, that was definitely a concern. And, yeah, I think we probably take, you know, think, oh, superhero, superhuman NFL quarterback has toe issue. He can live with it. But, like, if I had a toe, if I, if I had a busted, a broken pinky, I would just be lying on my couch crying right now, like refusing to do interviews, like begging off of podcasts, like, you know, just, just like asking my wife to bring me, like, you know, uh, breakfast sandwiches at lunch, dinner, and breakfast. You know, I mean, just I'd be a miserable human being. And so Rogers <laughs> is out there playing. He's out there playing football, right? And, he's, and if he's limping off the field, you know it must hurt. Um, but the thing to me, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that this will stick with Joe out here, but, uh, you know, you, if you saw his press conference, somebody was like, did you think, uh, you know, your comments about owning the Bears, are you sh-? so they're questioning his comment, like, that he made in the, the heat of a moment after a touchdown? And he's like, well, I mean, one, I can't believe you're asking me that because it's not like I said it at the podium, but two – uh, the stats back it up, so I, I don't know he what. Does. I don't know like what. <laughs> yes, like like you can't possibly. And by the way, if he wins, this is my argument for not taking the Bears plus twelve and a half. And it's the first time the Bears have been a double digit dog to the Packers. I think since two thousand and thirteen, which is seems kind of crazy given how mediocre the Bears have been. But um, mm-hmm. Rogers, Rogers, made, so like now he's now he's pissed off. He, you know, he's like, oh, you, you don't think I own the Bears? Like, do, you, do I need to prove this to you? And if he wins this game, if, he, if they win the game on Sunday in Lambeau Field, Sunday night football, primetime against his hated rival, he will tie Bart Starr for most victories all time by a Packers quarterback against the Bears, which means that he oh, wow. will literally own the Bears. Right. So, like, he's going to go out there and, <laughs> and 
to your point, Aaron, about his toe, I'm not worried about it on Sunday night. I think he's going to go out and destroy the Bears and win by like 21 points. Well, when you look towards Monday night football, he's mentioned Sunday night. Uh, we're intrigued by this line. I mean, it's a short number to have to lay with Arizona, who's been incredible this year. They get Murray back last week. He looks fine. It counts for four touchdowns. They blow the Bears out. And now here come the Rams, and I just haven't been impressed. I know they beat the Jaguars last week, but really, who cares? It's been a while since I felt like, all right, the Rams are on that kind of level. Uh, you know, Cardinals only giving two on Monday Night Football against the Rams. What do you think here? Yeah, that, uh, the, and the Cardinals beat the crap out of the Rams earlier in the season. Um, there's a, a good article, I think it was Stephen Rees on The Ringer, who wrote it, but it, it's basically about how McVay, it's, it's, it might not be, you know, people are like, oh, Stafford is just golf. Like, oh, he's, a, he's like, a, like an older golf. Uh, good trade, guys. Uh, but it's actually McVay's play calling that sort of gets stale over the course of a season and becomes a little predictable. And that's why there's this trend over the past, three or four years where the Rams offense, it doesn't like, it doesn't slow down. It, it just gets, it gets, it gets figured out. And you know, before it was the offense under center with, uh, with Jared Goff. And now it's the Matthew Stafford and shotgun offense. And basically what's happened relative to, you know, with Goff, it was like, all right, you got this all this eye candy, but we know what you're trying to do. You're trying to, you know, zone run to the outside. Um, and then with Stafford, it's like, they don't have all the eye candy and shotgun. So they sort of figured out how to, do, you know, like you can see in the in the game against the Packers, they knew exactly what concepts they were trying to run. And so I think the question is, you know, did the did the break and then the Jaguars game revitalize, you know, McVay and Stafford enough where they can have some creative play calling? Because they're going to need it against the Rams. I mean, against the Cardinals, excuse me. I like the Rams here, having said all that. I, I just think, um, uh, you know, it's a divisional game. It is the, the Rams are still a really good football team. Matthew Stafford is still a really good quarterback. They got Cooper Cup. They have Odell Beckham. They have Tyler Higby. Um, you know they have uh, Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. Who's Michelle was great last week, and granted uh, Jaguars and all that. But um, defensively, they still have plenty of pieces. So I, I like the Rams in the spot. It may be because I'm a sucker for Matthew Stafford, um, and I'll probably look stupid on Monday night. But I, I think the Rams pull off the upset in uh, in this spot. I think the Cardinals' stock is a little. They're they're a great team, but um, stock's a little high for me relative to um, where I think the, the Ram, I'm buying low in the Rams, selling high on the Cardinals a little bit here. Uh, with Will Brinson, CBSSports.com, Pick Six Podcast. This is BetQL Daily. Uh, Will, we covered the primetime games Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night. Uh, what about the rest of the board? Is there a game or two that really stands out that you like? Yeah, I was. Uh, I actually I was writing my picks column for CBSSports.com last night and. Uh, a couple sort of that I didn't think would be on my radar for uh, bets I like that, that popped up. Um, Titans minus eight and a half against the Jaguars. That's a lot of points for a Tennessee team that is uh, really banged up. You know, A.J. Brown on IR. Derrick Henry obviously won't be playing in this game. But uh, Brian Tannehill has never lost against the Jaguars. Four and O since he came. 74% completion, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, 10.3 yards per attempt. And maybe more importantly, Mike Vrabel, who I think is a sneaky, underrated coach in general, is actually yeah. 3-0 straight up and uh, against a spread coming off of his bye with Tennessee. And two of those wins were outright as a dog against a 10-6 uh, Cowboys team. I can't get my years right now. In 2019, I guess. And then uh, I guess that 13-win Buffalo team last year. And then uh, he, sm- or maybe it was 2018 with the Cowboys. He smoked Jacksonville in between. But ba- basically, I think we're 
sort of sleeping on how good Mike Vrabel gets his team prepared coming out of the bye. This Jaguars team hasn't won on the road yet. They are, uh, you know, you have this, this controversy. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I work with Pete Prisco, so I'm, I'm in on all the Jacksonville stuff. Uh, but, he, like, James Robinson is inexplicably benched in the middle of the game and, like, tries to run back out there a couple times. They're like, no, get, get your ass back on the bench. And then Urban Meyer's asked about it. He's like, I, you know, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really pay attention to who's, you know, going on and off the field in terms of the running backs. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what, like what, what would you say you do around here? You know, Bob? Um, <laughs> and, and so I, I like I like the Titans in that spot. Um, Dak Prescott has crazy numbers against division opponents in Washington, but I sort of like uh, I sort of like the Washington football team there. Uh, there plus four under under uh, anything under three, I wouldn't want to mess with. Um, and and then I think I like the uh, the under in the Lions Broncos game. Uh, the Broncos under in their last six, ten and two to the under on the season, and the Lions have gone under in all five of their road games this year. Broncos uh, combined, so when you take the Broncos and all their opponents and average their score for the full week, right? The, like the cumulative points each week, thirty-nine point seven, which is the lowest in the NFL and the only one, only uh, team with a cumulative score under forty points on the year. Well, I'm glad you brought that game up because that's what I wanted to ask you about. Well, um, even though they're one ten and one, the Lions eight and four ATS. They have been competitive. I know there's a flu outbreak in the locker room. Are you would would you take plus nine and a half uh, with the Lions, or would you just hold off on that and go with the under? Yeah, I mean, I think um, like I we have to make picks for every game against the spread, and I definitely took the Lions. And by the way, you think the flu had stands a chance against Dan Campbell, aka Peaky Bridgeport? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, no way. The flu, like, when Dan, that flu is like method, like like creeping around the corner, and like all of a sudden Dan Campbell comes walking to the river and sprints out. Like, no, you don't mess with Dan Campbell. Um, yeah, the the flu stuff is kind of interesting because. And this is a whole different discussion, but I, mean, I think it's worth it for worth thinking about from a, a handicapping perspective. Is that because you know a lot of people got um, uh, you know COVID, you know you got your vaccine shots, you got your booster shots. I think it's possible that a lot of NFL players didn't get flu shots, and so maybe a flu outbreak mm-hmm. is actually worse for a team than it has been in years past. You know, where it's like before you had the flu, you'd be a little under the weather for forty eight hours. Maybe you know if you, if you don't have a bunch of people who got flu shots. Just, I mean, just a, you know, a random medical uh, thought there. But um, yeah, I would probably go under instead of uh, instead of um, Lions, just because you're, you know, the variance there is pretty wild. And I, Melvin Gordon, I believe, is ruled out, which means full board Javante Williams. And if you guys haven't watched this kid, Whew. man, he is special. I mean, I, 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 I mean, he, he I, I watched him, you know, rip us apart at uh, rip NC State apart when he's at Carolina. And the, the way he runs, the way he catches the ball, I love his overs, rushing yards, love his over uh, receptions as well. And I think the problem would be it could be almost like a reverse backdoor where, uh, you know, Detroit's within, you know, a touchdown, and then all of a sudden, you know, Javante houses one and, and you lose you, know, you lose that cover. I think I'd rather take the under 42. Yep. Good stuff. Will Brent at CBS Sports on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash Becuel now to get $15 off your first one. That's GetRoman.com slash Becuel. Coming up next, Brendan Tobin, host of Tapped Out 5 to 7 on Saturday on the Becuel Network. We'll talk UFC next on Becuel Daily.